You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Metaphysical Fiction. This is our third episode. I am one of your hosts, Carl LeClaire, and I'm joined by none other than the anchor of all things Thunder Quack. It's Mr. Michael Cohen. Uh, hey, how's it going? That, that, that was that's nice. I like I'm the anchor. That's good. It's not too not too grandiose. It's not too uh, arrogant or egotistical sounding. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, it's funny. Anchors, anchors keep you in place, but they can also be heavy and annoying. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying I'm weighing everything down? Yeah, no. that, that makes sense. That makes I mean, sense. I mean the I mean the breadth of all that it can mean. So the, uh, it, you know, you are you are just you are an, an album of all the all the beauty of an anchor. I I I appreciate that. That's good. That's good. I you, when when uh, when we started like Thunder Quack is like oh I gotta give myself a title. So I just uh, took the title of creative director as as like I don't know like it's a it sounds like it's important, but it's but it's mostly just made up nonsense. It just means that I make the logos and choose what shows we're doing. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I like I, li- I like being the anchor. That's that's good. I'm good yeah. with that. Yeah, it, it, it's a it's a cool image for you. Um, and you can get like a cool anchor tattoo, like um, uh, <laughs> like a Popeye style. Yeah, exactly. Right on my forearm. Yeah, uh, uh, I was thinking more like Dexter Jetster because he's got that too. Oh, does he? I, yeah, yeah, he does. I, I he does. can't say that I've that I've like ever clocked what his his tattoos are. <laughs> yeah, uh, but he's like because he does have that like old like that nineteen sixties uh, diner uh, uh, like cook. military fella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it, it well, it's it's you know it's so funny because obviously this episode of metaphysical fiction we're going to be talking all about what do the tattoos of Dexter really mean. So. <laughs> I'm pretty no, Here we uh, go. hot on the heels of the 19th anniversary of attack of the clones. That's right. Uh, yeah. we're, we're just going to start digging in. Um, no, but with that said, we are because may is um, it is kind of always just like this unofficial celebration of star Wars month, right? Cause all six of the, you know, original films, you know, yeah. celebrate their anniversaries all throughout may, may 4th starts the month. So, and like Mike and I've clearly shared from, episode one we both do lots of star wars podcasting is kind of our mainstays so we figured you know what let's let's talk a little bit of star wars for the month of may and specifically uh, around a, a pretty popular topic in star wars right now which is this whole kind of conversation around canon and you know what is true what is not true yeah and i think this is like a fun conversation to have in the context of our own show mike because of the fact that you know, we're we're dealing with obviously fictional stories that contain truth. And now we're going to get a little meta and look into the stories themselves and how some of these particular stories have different interpretations. And, you know, most notably looking at the the very you know early the premiere of Bad Batch just a few weeks ago. So heads up, I guess, real quick, if you have yet to watch Bad Batch and plan to, you may want to 
silence and come back to the episode later because we'll probably be talking about some stuff from bad batch today yeah um so wouldn't want to spoil you if you if you've not seen it so and if you if you haven't seen it go like do yourself a favor um especially if if you were a fan of the clone wars if you enjoyed star wars rebels or if you just like the prequels um and 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 you want something that sort of continues that story i don't i don't think you don't need a ton of connection to the other stuff in order to enjoy bad batch um, I think you just have to have watched the movies, but, um, but that said, I mean, like it is, it is a sequel to the Clone Wars. So, so if you haven't seen that, um, it would probably behoove you to do that as well, just to get a con- deeper connection to the clone troopers themselves. But, yeah. but yeah, Bad Batch has been, uh, excellent thus far. Um, mm-hmm. I'm having so much fun over on Rebel Cells talking with Joe Hogan and uh, Kyle Avery every week and 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 breaking down the show and uh yeah we're always like oh this will be a this will be a quick one and then it's not a quick one (laughs) it's always kind of um i because there's so much to dig into there it's it's actually it's been very surprising to me how much uh depth depth. the story has had thus far so so yeah I, i i when i heard the pitch as well of like oh it's these these five clone troopers after the end of the the clone wars like post revenge of the sith and i was like i really don't care about clone troopers that much mm-hmm. and then the first episode just like yeah hook line and sinker yep same here totally got me so it's funny because i never even watched it i mean i watched the very first trailer that dropped for it and then the bigger one that dropped a few months before the show started i didn't even watch it because that, that's how disinterested i was i was just like yeah. i don't i don't care i've like the clone troopers are cool but i've never been a huge fan um i don't really need another animated clone show but and I wasn't planning on even watching what at the premiere on May 4th. And I was texting a friend and I was like, you know, I think I might just wait till the season's over and watch them. And he goes, you really want to wait till August? He goes, I'm not kidding. It was amazing. And it was a friend mm-hmm. who also was in the same vein as me of like, oh, I'm not super excited either. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I was I was up early that day, so I just threw it on my laptop and I was man, I, I watched it three times that day. It was like, that's how good it was, yeah. uh, in my opinion, obviously. And I'm clearly yours as well. Um but uh but it's funny because right like the the the, you know what we want to kind of talk about today is this whole sense of what is the truth of stories so right uh the the very first episode of bad batch opens with that you know one of the final clone wars battles that has to do you know with caleb doom and uh, master uh depa balaba which we all know is you know caleb doom becomes kanan jarrus of the rebels fame. And, you know, we got that really great comic series where we get the story of what happened at, you know, at the end of the clone wars, how Depo was, was killed and how Caleb runs away. And then we got a different telling of it in bad batch and they're not exactly the same, right? There, there are some details that are, I hesitate to say in conflict that just don't agree with each other. Yeah. But so like, I don't know about you, Mike, but I obviously I saw some folks like really complaining about that, which I just I just don't yep. get about complaining about fictional stories like this. But <laughs> be that as it may, you know, like why are these different? And it's just like it's this it's still the same story. His master gets killed by their clone commander who they thought they could trust, and he's forced to run. Like, who cares if it's some slight difference of details, right? Yeah. No, I, absolutely. I'm I, I mean it's it, um I th- I think I think the key here is is that I I people want there to be a canon. 
for things like Star Wars, for Marvel, for DC, Star Trek, like for, for these fandoms. They they need for there to be a, a defined history. And uh, I, it, it really, to me, it has very little bearing. I, I'm, I'm a Superman fan as well and and you can't be a fan of a character that's been around for 75 plus years i think we're 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 encroaching on 80 pretty quick or maybe we just passed it but um it, it's a i like like the like his his history is so varied um and and the canon of that character is all over the place and he's been rebooted several times and like i'm not a fan of the new 52 I, I don't I don't like what they did with that with the character around that time. They ended up bringing back the John Byrne Superman after a little while, um, uh, and replacing the new Fifty Two Superman with the John Byrne Superman, and and uh, which is the one that I think most of us are are familiar with, the one from the eighties forward. Um, but I mean, like even like you go back to the nineteen thirties and forties when the character was was originally introduced, and he was a very different character. And all of those things, like like you have to as a, as a Superman fan, you have to reconcile what all of those different things mean. And for me, this is what I said on Rebel Cells: is it's it's not about the technical points of it; it's about the heart of the character. Mm-hmm. And as long as you are maintaining the truth of that, tell whatever story you want. Right. Yeah. Um, some of my favorite Star Wars stories are actually uh, they're called Star Wars Infinities. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh-huh. it's there's one for A New Hope. There's one for Empire and there's one for Return of the Jedi. And the whole point of them there, it's like a Marvel What If, which we have coming later this summer. We've got the animated series for Marvel What If, which is going to take the MCU and twist it. But the concept of a What If or a Star Wars Infinities is what if this one thing was a little bit different? So in an, in the the one for a new hope, this is the pitch is is I uh, instead of Luke destroying the Death Star, he doesn't use the Force. He relies on the targeting computer, right? Mm-hmm. And he fires his proton torpedoes. They don't connect. The Death Star doesn't get blown up, and I uh, and 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 very few of the the Re- rebels manage to escape moments before. Uh, before the Death Star destroys the fourth moon of Yavin, right? And in the in the ensuing uh, I, I, I escape, I, Vader and Tarkin manage to capture Leia. And then over the course of that story, like every now everything changes because here, like Luke, Han, and Chewie are now on the run. There is no Rebel Alliance anymore because it's basically been obliterated. How are we going to now fight Vader and Palpatine without a Rebel Alliance? Luke is still there, but like now, like like what's he gonna do? And 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 Leia's been captured by Vader, and what what happens there, right? And it's like it, this is completely different from the way that the original trilogy plays out, mm-hmm. but it's not about saying like oh like what were the plot points it's about saying under these circumstances what would these characters do right that's the furthest extreme of like hey let's just riff right and let's and we do this all the time with the prequels and and i'm sure that people are going to do it with the sequels as well of like of like 
man, I got, I have an issue with this story. I have an issue with this one. I always talk about like with the prequels, I think that it would have been a lot stronger if Darth Maul would have, uh, survived, uh, 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 Phantom Menace, um, and escaped and become Dooku and then become Grievous sort of thing. Right. Like instead of, instead of having three separate villains that each represent an aspect of Darth Vader, uh, which is which is in itself like this it's it's its own genius thing right but instead of having that like if if we had that character dooku and and maul really combined into one character uh, uh and bringing some of those ideas into the into the into the first movie of the fact that like this is actually qui-gon's master that you know kills him and then obi-wan has a motivation throughout the prequels and 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 it ultimately i mean like if I'm being honest, the whole point is that it ends up centering the story around Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> instead of it being yeah. centered on the Republic and the Jedi, because there is no, there is no central character in the prequels, probably the biggest problem. I, I, and so like, like, you know, like we can, we can do that. We can spit all that stuff and have fun with that stuff. As long as we're getting to the truth and, and the heart of what these characters are and why they exist. Right. Cause mm-hmm. that to me is the key of it. And when we talk about this this story with Kanan in Bad Batch, it's really, really simple. It's really easy to reconcile. It exists in this... Sorry, they're doing yard work and stuff outside. I don't know if you guys can I hear, can't that, hear it, but if you can. <laughs> I, I, they might get closer. It might get louder. Um, but I, I, with, with Kanan's story... We already know so much about Kanan, and we already had, these, had the answers to this question. It in the comic and I love the comic. It's my favorite Marvel star Wars comic, like of, of the Disney era for sure. Um, I think it's the best one that they've done both in terms of art and storytelling. Um, but, but it is like, it's fairly brief. It's, it's sort of the contents of one issue of what ends up being a 12 issue series. I think it's 12. Maybe it's 10. I, I, in any case, like two arcs basically. Right. Mm. Um, and it's and it's kind of like it's it is very paint by numbers. The only thing that we really learned about Kanan that was different from the assumptions that we could have made from the series is that he had this really deep connection with the clones that were with them. And I I like like that 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 is in conflict with in a good way with who we know him to be in season two of star Wars rebels when he meets Rex, right? Because he hates clones. Yeah. So it's like, so it's showing us that there's this arc here of like, he actually at one point in time had a very close relationship with these clone troopers that, that he was working with, um, that he was technically that he outranked that he was the commander of, even though he was a child. I, I, man, nobody ever talks about the fact that the Jedi used, uh, child soldiers in the clone. Yeah. Wars. Uh, yeah. We don't talk about it enough. Um, but I, I, it, it gave it gave some context around that, right? The, and there's a there's a little bit of context for Kanan as Caleb Doom in in the novel A New Dawn as well. Um, but what they did with Bad Batch is like instead of it's not a retcon or a rewrite, it is a it is a different perspective and it serves a slightly different purpose. It fleshes his character out even more. Um, uh, it, it maintains all of the stuff that was true about 
the story in the comic mm-hmm. right about like he's he he's close with these clone troopers he he admires them and 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 works closely with them um and uh it doesn't contradict any of the important stuff which is connection to depo balaba which it which is really the only thing that matters in, in this context but what it does is and this is where we're going to get into deep spoilers uh the fact that hunter is the one who oh my goodness they're like right outside my door now um <laughs> jesus that's super loud right you can you can hear can that hear little, like crazy yeah. yeah i can hear it a little is it drowning me out or is it just oh, in the background it's just in the background okay um we'll power through it we'll power through it i uh, otherwise i gotta do fancy editing and stuff like that um <laughs> i can't hear it again at all now so yeah i i what it does is it connects us to hunter which is super important for bad batch especially like for those of us even if you don't have a connection to rebels it, it'll still do this because kanan is an instantly likable character in my opinion um and that's freddie prince jr i think that he does a fantastic job even though he sounds like a 40 year old man yep. pretending to be a kid yeah whatever who cares <laughs> I, I i he did he he did the best that he could i and it what's important is the is the characterization not the not the tenor of his, his voice. voice yeah um it's it's made up and in space maybe kids from the planet that he's from have deeper voices you don't know i <laughs> <laughs> um but what it does is it is it connects us to a character that we already know and love that we care about if if you have watched star wars rebels um and and now hunter is the one who saved kanan so now we're going to transfer that love that we have for kanan not one to one but it's definitely going to inform our feeling about about hunter and then and then the bad batch at all right like 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 the whole team um and and also like super importantly it's going to inform us about how we're supposed to feel about crosshair right at the beginning of the series mm-hmm. so like we're like it it sets us up to go like okay so now we have a thematic hero and a thematic villain of this story um ultimately the villain is going to be the empire right yeah. but 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 for now we have a very like tactile sense of like Hunter is the good guy. Crosshair is the bad guy and their desire to save or kill this character that we love and, and a kid, a child, a Padawan, a Jedi, right. All tied into order 66 and how we already feel about that. It all comes together to set us up in the first 15 minutes of that series for exactly how we're supposed to, I uh, uh, place these characters, which when they were introduced in the Clone Wars, we never got that. We never got a moment of like, wait, which one of these characters am I supposed to relate to? Which one am I supposed to like? And in my opinion, I think one of the reasons why I didn't care about Bad Batch was that their arc in the Clone Wars actually set them all up to be unlikable. Mm-hmm. Um, it it didn't it didn't do any of the characters' favors other than going like, oh, they're all they're they're badass. That's it. That's all it did for me. It didn't make me go like, oh, Wrecker is endearing because he's actually just a big kid, right? Yeah. Oh, Tech is too smart for his own good, and that's fun in its own way, right? Crosshair is kind of deliciously uh, 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 sinister in a way, and Hunter is a, is, is a tough-as-nails hero with a heart of gold, right? And then Echo, Echo we already have a connection to from the Clone Wars because he's from season one. 
so we don't need to do that work but uh yeah like just from a storytelling perspective it's doing all of this stuff and then it's also setting us up of like hunter failed kanan in that moment he can't fail omega right Mm -hmm. so we're like we're set up for all this stuff and we go okay like like now he's he's gonna carry that guilt with him um and that's going to transfer to our story with Omega and, and, and give us a justification for why he would feel the need to go back and rescue her at a certain point in the, in the premiere. Right. So it like, it's to me, it's just masterful storytelling. It takes what was done in the comic and it adds a, a whole bunch more layers onto it and then sets us up with these other characters in order to, to enjoy their story. So for me, it's good all around. Because I can still read that comic and I can still go, okay. And then at this point, let's say there's actually some more story here <laughs> that we just didn't know about at the time. And I think like that kind of gets to the, gets to the core of what, of what we want to talk about. Um, and I think I probably already know the direction that you're going to go in terms of like relating this to spirituality and, and, and how we look at religious texts and that sort of thing. Cause it's like, these stories these these stories specifically are made up some people look at the gospel and 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 feel differently about that but but to me it's always a matter of like the 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 person holding the the pen i i put their own personality flavor spin into it right and when we look at the gospel it's like we see that there are multiple accounts of the same story from different points of view and those different points of view each flesh out different things about a story. Right. Right. Yeah. And that, that kind of like, like we kind of like look at those things as one-to-one and, and, and it's the same thing for me. It's like, like, first of all, like if we're going to talk specifically about Christianity, but even when we get into Judaism, when we get into Islam, uh, so many of the stories are allegory, like, like with those, those, those sort of three, core face everything that buddha did and, and like 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 the Tao Te Ching and all of that is like it's all metaphor and allegory that's that's how that religion is expressed um is is through uh, a metaphor so it's like uh, to me taking these things on face value taking them literally you're only doing yourself a disservice because you're actually looking past the whole point of the story existing in the first place, right? You are missing the forest for the trees. Um, so to me, it's like, it, it doesn't equate, like it doesn't compute. Like, like I don't care how big a star destroyer is. I've never cared how big a star destroyer <laughs> yeah. is. And I don't care that like a victory class star destroyer is different from an acclimator. They're big spaceships, <laughs> right yeah they're battleships (laughs) that's as opposed to a corvette as opposed to a starfighter other than that everything else is flavor and and when we when we zone in on certain things it is it is to inform the purpose of the story that we're trying to tell and and hopefully when star wars is good the purpose supersedes anything else right so if it contradicts, who cares? Right. Because, you know, like, like well, Vader becoming Luke's father, it, that like, yes, it contradicts what Obi-Wan said in a new hope, 
but it doesn't matter because it adds it adds extra context it adds extra flavor it adds extra depth and it actually gives the story a purpose now all of a sudden this the the original trilogy becomes about something it, it yep. becomes it's not just about we got to beat the bad guys now it's about this struggle between father and son the light side and the dark side and and the seduction and what that means and then we get the payoff in return of the jedi right like and and thank like the cool thing about the canaan thing is we already have the payoff it's star wars rebels but star wars is really good when the when new stories inform and connect and and um enrich the existing mythology that's when star wars is at its best it's one of the reasons why the sequel trilogy has a lot of issues it's disconnected from everything else it's why the last jedi works so well for me because the last jedi goes in and like like luke's stuff about like yeah and you know it was a jedi who trained darth vader and like when he goes on that rant it's like oh my god that's juicy because now we have this connection to luke and the prequels that we didn't have before on screen right so it's like oh god that's so good it's so good it's got so much flavor to it um and then we get to rise of skywalker and it's like it disregards the prequels it disregards the expanded universe the clone wars all of that stuff and it's just about it's just about connecting back to empire to empire and return of the jedi in really like hokey ham-fisted ways and that's when like that's when these stories fail that's when like whether it's star wars or marvel or dc when it's when it's so clear that we're trying to just like connect these technical things as opposed to the heart as opposed to like like the truth of the story that's when i then am sitting in the movie theater going like well, that doesn't make any sense tie fighters don't have hyperdrives if he stole that tie fighter not stole her but like used the tie fighter from the second death star how the heck does ben get from kefbir to exegol like like it, like this makes no sense right and it's like if the story was great and 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 was true to what that that story like could have been and and the heart of those characters i would have just looked past it like it would have been one of those things that i hand waved and went like whatever it was an experimental tie fighter who cares uh ben has abilities where he can just use the force to travel through (laughs) who cares right like 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 uh, they'll explain it in a comic book right and and that's what it's so funny because because I feel like like we contradict ourselves as Star Wars fans so often with stuff like that where it's like when I love the story I am willing to allow it to be wrong right and I'll and I'll hand wave stuff away or I'll just go like yeah well if you just like if you just think about it this way then it works <laughs> it's like but when the story is bad it's really easy to to just like. Yeah, you just well, you just want to kind of like nitpick it to death, right? It just makes me think of you know the the Last Jedi haters, and, and I'm I'm gonna own it. I mean, Last Jedi is far from my favorite Star Wars movie. It's yeah. really low ranked for me for lots of reasons, but not. I mean, I'd like to think not a lot of the stupid reasons, but so you you, know, you have these folks that are like, oh, that Praetorian fight in the throne room where that you know one of his vibroblades just disappears. Like that's the yeah. stupidest thing ever. It's like, okay, do you realize how silly a New Hope is? 13 yeah. attack vessels against a death star really you don't think there's a probably hundreds of tie fighters in there but they only release like 12 <laughs> like come yeah on. like you're fine with that because again it's who cares right it's like those yeah. small details 
aren't what matters. It's about pushing forward a story, a story with a message. Um, and, you know, I mean, I think that's why, you know, like to, to go to the examples you're giving of like, you know, episodes eight and nine, the big difference between them is episode eight had something to say, whereas episode yeah. nine just said, hey, remember all those things you love. Yeah. Which, like, that is something to say, but it's not. It's not telling you anything new, and I think that's its, it, that's its pitfall. Yeah, uh, the the Force Awakens did the same thing, right? right? Like, it came out and was like, "Hey, remember all this stuff that you love about Star Wars? We're gonna put it. We're gonna put it all into one." And it's one of the reasons why I love the fan. Uh, uh, sorry, the Force Awakens so much because it does it does manage to distill and and connect a lot of that stuff, but it also did it with a purpose of like of setting up like, "Hey." Um, like those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. And you see not to put too fine a point on it, but neo-Nazis yeah, dressing up in like, like, or, or like civil war reenactors, right. Dressing up in Confederate uniforms, right. Like same sort of idea of like, like thinking back about like the glory days of this thing that they don't fully understand that's that's the whole point of the force awakens that's what lawrence kasdan was trying to get at with the first order and why they're the first order and not just the imperial remnant because the whole point if because if it was just about like oh like let's just bring back the empire then just do that the the expanded universe did it just just riff on that right who cares and and mandalorian is is still exploring that idea right mm. but the point was hey we're a generation removed and now all of a sudden all of all of these same mistakes that were made with the empire are being made again. Only this time it's even worse because like we have that context, we have that understanding, but instead like Hux is glorifying it. Mm -hmm. He like salivates at the idea of being evil in the way that the empire was evil. Right. And that's, that's juicy. Like that's something for us to talk about. But then when you get to rise of Skywalker, you get into this place where it doesn't have, it no longer has that meaning, right? Like, like Allegiant General Pride is just, he's just evil, I guess. I don't know. There's no motivation there. There's no, there's no character there. And then having Hux flip and be like, I'm the spy. It's like, it, 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 it's a fun moment. And I, it gets a laugh out of me every time because like, they, they're like, what? And then Poe goes, I knew it. And I love, I do love that moment genuinely for like the characters that are in the scene. But, but after that wears off, it's always like, it doesn't make any sense for Hux. Mm -hmm. Like, like Hux was a zealot, right? Like Hux, Hux would have like, he was like a, like a, like a suicide bomber sort of thing. Right. Like, like he's willing to die for the cause. Um, They could have fleshed that story out to make it work, but they didn't. Uh, uh, But like, you know, it, 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 yeah, like it just it just doesn't say anything. Like that movie doesn't say anything at the end of the day. And so all of that stuff just is kind of weightless, right? And to me it's like that's that's where like when we talk about religious text and the truth of it, it I've I've said this my entire adult life. Whenever I'm like confronted by somebody like an atheist or something like that wants to talk to me about Christianity and and whatever and it's like and especially having worked in the church and, and all of that, like the, the institution of the church, I don't care which one it is. doesn't matter. Like the, like institutions exist to perpetuate themselves. And that's inherently flawed there. You, you end up with hierarchies and power structures and it kind of goes against 
actually like specifically what Christ had said. We don't need to get into all that, but we will one day, I'm sure. I, I, but like to me, the truth of the, the teachings of Christ, the stuff that's in the Bible, the like the Holy gospel, um, no different than the Torah, no, no different than the Quran, nor di- no different than the Tao Te Ching, right? Like the, the truth of what is in those texts is important regardless of the, uh, the historical accuracy of those texts, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. In the same way that we can learn something from King Arthur, in the same way that we can learn something from Chaucer, from Shakespeare, I'm, I'm using uh, Eurocentric stuff. I, I I wish that something was coming to mind uh, I, I, <laughs> from a different uh, region, but I'm just not educated in those sorts of things. The same as we do with Star Wars, with hell, the Fast and the Furious, <laughs> right? Because the Fast and the Furious, is it about exploding cars? No, it's not. The Fast and the Furious is about family. And, and so many people have a wrong idea about what those movies are about. And I did initially. I thought, like, because the first two movies, let's be honest, they are they are kind of just about exploding cars. But, like, as that series goes on, it becomes about something and it becomes about a truth. And there are exploding cars and that's awesome. But, and it's like, how can we blow up a car even better this time? How can we launch Vin Diesel further, faster, <laughs> farther? More furiously. More furiously into a car. Because as long as Vin Diesel lands on a car, he survives. I don't know if you've ever noticed that in that series, but it doesn't matter. Like you can drop that. him from an airplane. If he lands on the roof of a car, he'll be fine. I, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Cause like, again, that's not what those movies are about. They're not about science. They're not about physics. They're about family. That's what those movies are about. Mm-hmm. And the teachings of Christ, the gospel are about how we treat each other and ourselves right? Like that's what it's about. And I, so I don't care if Christ was, was a real person. I mean, like we have pretty solid empirical evidence that, that at least a man by the name of like, like, uh, like Jesus Christ, like whatever you want to want to like, whatever of his uh, uh, names you want to use. Right. But just for simplicity's sake, like we know historically that this man existed it doesn't matter to me whether or not he was able to multiply fishes and loaves. It doesn't matter to me whether or not he could touch a glass of water and turn it into wine. Like that's the miracles are. It's just, that is to me, it's that's kind of window dressing how you tell those stories in the same way to me that like lightsabers and, and X-wing starfighters are window dressing to tell the stories that you tell in star Wars. Um, Iron Man's suit of armor is, a way to get into the psyche of uh, a, a deeply flawed man who <laughs> literally protects himself from the outside world by encasing himself in, in a suit, right? Like, like there's a, there's a very on the nose metaphor with Tony Stark there. I, I, and it's like, that's what, to me, that's kind of what those are. They get, gets people in the door. It's the, it's the flash. Um, but but like the the truth is it doesn't care about any of that stuff and the truth doesn't when we're talking about sort of a a a personal truth or like sort of a like a moral truth right like a societal truth like it doesn't care about 
the technicalities right and i feel like we, like we should we should be able to treat religion that way we should be able to treat shouldn't say religion but but spirituality and and religious texts that way um that gets into dangerous territory though because because it can be taken the other way of like well i see it this way and therefore i'm also right and that's when you get into sort of some of the the dangerous evangelical uh, uh christian ideology but but in my view that stuff focuses so much on literal text-based truth and not enough on like the the it's it's like spirit of the law versus letter of the law mm, <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean um so yeah i don't know but but for me like it's it, it i've always said like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter to me whether the buddha was a real man or whether or not christ was a real man or or the the prophet muhammad and i know like to some people that's very sacrilegious um, but this is my personal truth is that those, that component of it is not important. And that's where I see faith as like the, the fact of it is not relevant to like my personal truth of it, which is that like, like, like to me, like something like the golden rule is like, is, is like the measure of a person's character, right? Treat others the way you yourself would want to be treated it like i you can't you can't boil down christ's message better than that and he he did it for us already like like he really got to the heart of it even even though he, he took the long way around he eventually gets there i we have that in common i guess i and that truth is a truth no matter what and it doesn't matter and to be perfectly honest if you look at any of those other major religious texts they all get down to the same thing as well right like it always kind of comes back to that truth and to me like that that's what we're there for right that's what we're supposed to be learning and then we're, we are just supposed to be learning it's because it, it's a hard thing to practice in, in day to day and that's why there are so many allegories for it and that's why that's why there are so many stories and that's why we continue to create new stories in order to get back to that truth, because it is a hard thing to live. Right. Um, yeah. You talk some more. Cause I've talked so much already today. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't agree with everything you just said. Um, I, I <laughs> That's fair. Quite, quite quickly. I, I think um, whether or not those particular religious characters exist, I, I mean, I, I push back hard and say, yeah, it does matter. Um, and I push back against some of my very, very left-leaning Christian friends who were like, well, Jesus may have just been a spirit and it's just like an idea. And it's like, well, if that's all he is, this religion doesn't make sense. So let's put that aside. Um, but I'm not here to defend that because like, if you yeah. choose not to believe that, that's fine. But I would say for a person of this particular tradition, that's kind of important. Um, but I do agree with the fact that it's, it's the details don't matter. The, you know, like the, there are four gospels, three of which the synoptic, which are Matthew, Mark, and Luke have almost all the same stories. Um, some, but you know, different lengths of the stories, different angles of the stories. Um, but the gospel of John is totally different. I mean, Jesus is literally killed on a different day in that one, you know, like the, the details are so different, but again, it's not like those early writers weren't concerned with our modern context of historical truth, right? Like for them, they're trying to tell 
truths about life, truths about how God interacts with the world. And that's what matters. And, you know, like, and I, I so agree with you where like there, there is a particular branch of, and I'm going to speak specifically to Christianity because it's the one I know the most. And it's the one that's done the most violence to religion in general is mm-hmm. evangelical American Christians. Um, and, and I apologize if that's how you prescribe, but um, you got to understand your roots is, you know, everyone who's like, look at the, the crazy fundamentalist Muslims. Well, you know where they learned it? American Christians. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, so all that to say, like they, they choose to take texts, like you said, Mike, and it's, it, there's just such this, there's such a literalism to it that it doesn't give the text, it doesn't give the stories room to breathe and to reshape and remold for subsequent generations. And I think, you know, tying that back into this conversation about, you know, some of the, the, the details of star Wars stories, right? These, some of these details change over time or, or expanded over time retroactively. And this whole idea of retconning, right? Like, uh, I think we could get, this is probably a conversation for a totally different type of show, but like, is Omega essentially going to be some sort of retconning of how Palpatine's clones came into existence? I don't know. I hope not, but, um, you know, like these are stories that sometimes they try to flesh out something that's introduced a little bit more, but at the same time, like as long as they're staying consistent to what the truth of those stories and the truth of those characters are. I think that's what matters most. Um, And, you know, you always, whenever it comes into like uh, subjective truth, which is true of any art form, which Star Wars falls in the category of, you know, you will get people though that disagree, right? Like that's, I think that's the biggest hang up for people with Last Jedi is Luke Skywalker, right? Was that the, was that an extension of the Luke Skywalker they understood from the original trilogy? And I think, I think it's a fair argument on both sides. Like, I think folks that are like, it absolutely is like, this is, this is the perfect progression of, of a flaw. Uh, you know, it, he's flawed. He he's imperfect and he gets a great character arc. But I think folks that say like, no, like my experience and how I internalized the lesson of Luke Skywalker and, and understand him as the hero that's inconsistent with what I've come to learn. And, and I think that there's a fair argument there too, because you know, Ryan Johnson is the only person who saw Luke Skywalker that way. And then people got on board, but you never saw a story like that about Luke Skywalker until Ryan Johnson chose to tell that story. So what does that now do to this particular character? Well, I think if you allow the story to be told, um, and this was something, uh, so Matthew Stover, who we had on our show, Wampus Lair, just a little over a month ago to talk about his Revenge of the Sith novel, he was on, um, one of the most disgusting star Wars shows ever. I don't, I don't know why some of these people go on that show. Um, cause they don't, cause they don't live in, they don't live in our world where, yes, where uh, we monitor this stuff. Right. So that, they just I, see yeah. star Wars podcast. I, I, I don't blame them. Like you can't, you can't, no, I, I don't blame them either. Yeah. Research I, everything, every guest request you get, you just, you go on a thing, you do a thing. Right. Right. But that said, I mean, I think yeah. he made a great point to one of the most toxic voices in fandom who also, yep. in my opinion, is not bright at all, <laughs> um, yep. like just a complete idiot. But um, and yet has possibly the biggest audience in Star Wars. Well, in Star Wars I mean, fandom. Like, I look in, I live in America and look who we elected for president four years yeah, ago. Well, so yeah. indicative of sadly a lot of folks. Yeah. <laughs> they, they think with their hatred and anger, not with a heart. 
<laughs> so, yeah. but anyway, Matthew Stover made a great point of saying, you know, it's not my place to go and say, that's not how it should have been. It should have been this way. My point is to say, why did they do that? How is this expanding the story? And like, so like, I do really appreciate that point. And I, you know, I think, I think it's like, I kind of bring up that hot button issue because I do think there's, there's a lot of, there's just so so much, there's so much gatekeeping Mike from both sides. And it's really starting to annoy me if I'm being completely honest, because you do have the folks that like, that are the, like, that is my Luke Skywalker from last Jedi. It's the best version ever. And if you don't get it, you're wrong and you don't get star Wars. It's just like, Whoa, like (laughs) cool. your jets, bro. (laughs) Like, I don't don't think that's your place to say. Um, But that said, like, I think what Matthew Stover, and by the way, I loved having him on our show. He was just such a gracious guy. Um, super, super humble, like very down to earth and really has a great mind for Star Wars. Um, and that said, so like, I loved his response of just like, like, oh, it's, it's not really our place to say, was that Luke Skywalker? It's to say, why is Luke Skywalker there? And, you know, and obviously he really loves why he's there. And, and you know, I, I'm still like, I'm still like kind of 50, 50. Like there are times when I watch it and I absolutely love it. And there's times when I watch it, I'm like, that just doesn't seem right for me. Um, but uh I at least like, it's important to understand why did the artist choose to, t- to tell that story? And I think, you know, like kind of what you were saying with force awakens, right? It was this, ultimately the truth of that story was to say like, Hey, history can repeat itself and look what happens when we don't learn from our history. And then we radicalize false history. Right. Um, and I think last Jedi specifically took, you know, almost a godlike hero. Cause that's kind of what Luke was turned into in later legends. And, and like that, that I remember being very boring. It's like, this is not Luke. Like this isn't really oh, like, yeah, very literally. I mean, like in yeah. some of the, in some of the final books, he was doing things like, like using force lightning to like, yeah. like do, he was doing the sort of stuff that happens in Tross right. to be perfectly honest. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it, and that's one of the reasons why I hate the end of that movie is that like when Palpatine just puts his hands up, and then like lightning just like shoots all of the ships. It's like, this is not it's just, it's like, this it's is not star Wars. It's like you're playing anymore. force unleashed on God mode. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's, it's, it's just a video game now. There's, yeah. um, but that's it, right? Like, so what's great with what Ryan Johnson chose to do with Luke though, for, um, and I, I, I do think in a lot of ways, last Jedi was written for original trilogy. I mean, to be fair, I think the sequel trilogy was ultimately targeted at, OT fans, which is part of its flaw. But that said, um, I think what he was trying to say is like, our heroes sometimes mess up. Right. And like, and that's okay. Like that's the whole point of that movie, right. Is that that failure doesn't mean you are a failure, right? Like you can fail and you can wallow in that and you can, or, or you can learn to rise above it, which is ultimately what happens with Luke, right? Like I mean, the, what, how Luke goes out in that movie is to me just so perfect. It, no matter how I feel about the rest of it, I always think that is just so perfect. Um, and, you know, so like, again, this is a story that we now we're pushing forward to, to, to teach us a new lesson. If Luke just showed up in the movie and was just Ben Kenobi again from A New Hope, like that's not really anything new. It's just like, oh, it's the same old kind of sterile Luke. Like, oh, he was the good guy always through. But this is like, no, Luke tried his damnedest to recreate something and that didn't quite work. And he gets humbled for it and has to learn to rise above it. Like to me, like that's a very powerful lesson, right? Like (laughs) we're going to, we're going to screw up in our endeavors in life. And it's important to understand that what we mess up on 
isn't yeah. the entirety of who we are and isn't the entirety of our story. I think I think to connect it back to sort of what we've been what we've been talking about this whole time is that very much like that sort of that misinterpretation of of truth that we see in a lot of evangelical Christianity as an institution, mm -hmm. right? Condemning an institution doesn't mean condemning people. Right. Just FYI. Absolutely. People. Yeah. I, I hated I, our government for four years, but it doesn't mean I hated government. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Or America, right? Yeah, like, exactly. You, yeah, yeah. You hated what it had become. Yeah. Um, and, and I think like the, like one of the points of Luke's arc in the last Jedi is very much that he is humbled. He, he is broken down in that moment when he ignites the lightsaber over Ben and, and, and makes the wrong choice. He, he was faced once again with the same, he came to the same crossroads that he did in return of the Jedi and in return of the Jedi, he did the right thing. There's an important lesson here about like, like once we do the right thing, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden we are good. Yeah. Right. It yeah. means that we did the right thing and that's it. That's the end of it. That's the end of the statement in that moment. In that circumstance, we did the right thing. And and congratulations, you did the right thing. It doesn't mean that you are now perfect. You haven't ascended. You're not enlightened. Right. right? Well, and, and when Luke is faced with that same choice again, he makes the wrong choice. Everything falls apart. And he learns the wrong lesson. He runs away. He goes into seclusion. Uh, and he spends the whole time sitting by himself in contemplation trying to justify why he failed. Mm -hmm. And when Ray is like, we need the Jedi, he's like, the Jedi are a bunch of punk losers. <laughs> it was the Jedi's fault that all this happened in the first place. And it's like the Jedi need to end, right? Like that's not, that's not Luke being right or wrong. That is Luke expressing his personal truth. And his personal truth is from a lesson that he misread. And it's not until Yoda shows up and tells him like, Hey, like, like all these years later, I'm still trying to teach you <laughs> like, like you need to get over this stuff and you need to, you need to move past it. And, you know, you like, we, we need to do better sort of thing. Um, and, and that's where like, like his teacher comes to him, tells him what's up, teaches him one final lesson. And, and that, from that point, like he is able to then like finish that arc and, and fulfill his purpose and, uh, peace and purpose, right? That's mm -hmm. the that's that's the moment, and I I like that's that's the arc of that character. But people don't want to see their uh, their god hero fail, right? They want King Arthur to pull the sword from the stone and then to rule Britain justly forever, right? Yeah. Yeah. But that's not the way that that story goes. Right. That story, if you keep reading it, which very few people go past the sword and the stone story of King Arthur into Lancelot betraying him, his wife betraying him, you know, uh, uh, the, the, like like everything, uh, uh, Morgana, like all that stuff, like everything, every choice that Arthur made to get himself to that to that point ends up coming back around to bite him in the ass in in his middle age, and it's actually a very depressing, very upsetting story. It's about very different stuff, um, and it's not nearly as satisfying, which is why it doesn't get made into movies in the same way that the other ones do. Not, not that it hasn't there there are, but um. But yeah, like like it's like it's it, it's very different, and that's where Luke is at, right? Like that's Brian Johnson talks about that. It's I didn't come up with this. I'm just 
cribbing from his notes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but like ultimately it comes back to that truth and, 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 and can go back to something that Yoda says in the Phantom Menace of like a prophecy misread could have been. And, and I think when we look at the way that different people interpret different religious texts, like that's, it's so easy to based on your, your own subjective truth to interpret something one way or another and to go completely down the wrong side of it. And I think that's where like, you need to be open I think I think that like as a as as somebody of Jewish descent and 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 that this is like sort of uh, in the in the culture of my family because of my dad and because of his dad and and so on and so on down that line of of Judaism is that like that like Jews argue about this stuff that is the religious experience of Judaism that is a rabbi is a teacher not in the sense that they're that they're telling you this is the way that it is. Because if you go to a rabbi and you say, Rabbi, why does the Torah tell us to do X? A rabbi won't give you an answer. A rabbi, a good rabbi, at least I should say, will not give you an answer. A, a good rabbi will ask you a question, right? Mm-hmm. And and it opens a dialogue and it becomes a conversation about like, well, why? Well, why? Well, yeah, why? Exactly, right? And And then like, let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. Um, so that we can get to the truth of it, right? The the a, a spiritual truth, a, a personal truth that resonates, because the the reality of some stuff is just as simple as like, well, don't eat shellfish because we don't have food safety guidelines in three thousand BC, <laughs> so you're gonna get sick, right? Yeah. But other stuff of like of the like, why can't I covet my neighbor's wife? And it's like, well, let's hold up. Let's have a conversation about that, right? Like, if these are the reasons why. And are they empirical truths? Kind of, in a way. But they're also spiritual and, and personal truths of, like, you know, like, like again, treat others the way you would want to be treated. It always comes back to that. Yeah. Would you yeah. want somebody else looking at your wife that way or, or your possession or whatever, right? Like, yeah. should I be jealous of another person? What, what does that say about me, yeah. right? And I think that as fans in fandom that's the way that we need to approach this stuff you don't don't who cares how big a star destroyer is that's what i always go back to it doesn't matter that the star destroyers in empire strikes back are a little bit bigger than the star destroyers in a new hope Mm -hmm. it's who cares right and also like what are you basing that on you're basing that on frames of a movie which is a fictional story they're models in a model shot like like it doesn't matter that the millennium falcon has a grommet on it in this movie that it doesn't in the other one right unless it does in which case like the the dish being different is a part of the story right but but i like like it's like this is not the point this is not why we're here though like why we're here is to ask these questions of ourselves and each other in order to become better people and that's why we tell stories. That's the whole reason. That's why myth exists. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's for, for, for the same reason that we use allegory in religion, right? Right. Um, and, you know, like the thing, I mean, I made this, I mentioned this on our first episode that, you know, for me, uh, the way I learned how to study scripture, the way I learned to understand scripture. Um, and again, like I was, I was privileged to be able to get a graduate degree in this stuff. Right. And not everybody has that, um, that ability. Yeah. So like, you know, I, I don't think that gives me. Uh, 
you know, permission to lord it over anybody. But I try to just offer up like what I learned there. And I, and, and I find this to be very true is right. Scripture is meant to be a living word. It's just, it's something that still yeah. speaks. And therefore as something that still speaks, it needs to, like I said earlier, like it kind of needs to be remolded and, and reshaped for subsequent generations because subsequent generations change because life is changed. That's, that's the one truth of life is everything changes. Yeah. And you know, for these texts to still be relevant, they must also change. Not the heart of them, not the deep truths of them, right? Like you would never want to say like, um, I mean, for a Christian, you would never want to say Jesus didn't rise from the dead like that. No, that never happened. Like, no, like that's a pretty central tenet to this tradition's understanding. But, you know, that said, like, you know, when you get caught up in the details of like, well, no, they said, you know, uh, you know I'm going to go to a hot button one here, like a man shouldn't lay with another man like a woman. And it's like, yeah, yeah it also said a lot of other shit in that book <laughs> that we don't do anymore either. Yeah. Right? And uh, also, uh, hey, I love bacon. <laughs> Yeah. I love bacon. And you know what, Mike? I also love wearing shirts that are a mix of polyester and cotton. So, yeah. you know, but like that's sinful too. I should be stoned. Um, so like that said, right? Like these these stories need to change. And and I love how in a way Star Wars itself has always done that. Um, I've been like reading pieces of, have you ever heard of this book called The Secret History of Star Wars? Um, written by Michael Kaminsky, I believe is who it was written by. No, uh, it's really, really good. Um, it's it's essentially just like a, a history of how Star Wars was written, like how how the story itself evolved. So which is always like my favorite stuff to read about the behind the scenes of Star Wars. Like I don't care about the special effects evolutions because that stuff just bores me. But like I want to know how the story and, you know, I, it's so cool. Like you mentioned this earlier, Mike, that when Empire Strikes Back came out and George made the decision to have Darth Vader be Luke's father, it changed mm a new hope from being just an action serial adventure into this epic family drama about redemption. Right. Yeah. And in the, in this particular book, when he's talking about that, like George was under, like he knew that by doing this, he was changing the very fabric of star Wars. Cause when yeah. a new hope came out, he did kind of proceed as the serial series with multiple creators, different types of stories. They didn't necessarily have to agree, but then when he did empire, it was like, no, I'm going to tell this consistent epic mythical story. And, and then George himself, like, as all of us know, changes his own stories all the time, right? Like, yeah. um, but, but it's like, at the end of the day, those, those details aren't what matter. What matters is, is we were choosing to continue to tell these stories in such a way that they, um, you know, they really impact our life. Because like, if A New Hope had been the only Star Wars movie, or like, let's say Empire was just a continuation of that sort of story beat. Star Wars would be remembered as a really fun action adventure, but it yeah. wouldn't be what it is today, right? It's the yeah. fact that it really dug its, you know, George, I mean, George Lucas kind of lied. He didn't actually even meet Joseph Campbell till after Return of the Jedi came out. So like, yeah. historically speaking, he wasn't really thinking about a hero with a thousand faces when he wrote A New Hope. So like when he says he did, he's just lying. <laughs> like it's just, you know, I mean, I love George. I'm not doing this to like shame him, but it's, that's just that's not the facts from when they happened. And what's interesting is, right, is like, but he he made this conscious decision to tell a different type of story. And because of that, 40 years later, it's changing people's lives, right? Like it's, it's not just an adventure story that we have fun with. It's that as well, but it's also this other thing, right? Yeah. Um, and that's why like, 
when we get too caught up, like we've been saying in the, in the, the wrong parts, how big your star destroyers are. Oh, who exactly shot Depa Balaba? Like who, who helped Caleb or who didn't help Caleb? It's like the end of the day, what we know is that he was a traumatized young man forced to run for his life. Yeah. And it left him with a lot of trauma that carries over into future stories. Um, and that's important. That's what matters. Right. So, but yeah, I think we've, I think we've made our point pretty good here, Mike. I think so. I think so. Uh, that was awesome. That was awesome. I, I love it. Cause, cause we kind of had, we had a, 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 the last time we talked, we had a different plan of what our next episode would yep. be. And then we kind of called an audible and said, let's talk about star Wars, which is always easy for you and I to do. Yes. Sir. Um, but, uh, but I love it. Cause I, cause I love the, the, I, I, it's kind of, it's funny. Cause it's kind of, goes back to the whole point of of what we've been saying right is like eh, well you know maybe we're gonna talk about marvel next it doesn't matter we did what we're here to do which is uh really honestly just just like talk about our experience with fandom and these things that we love and how it informs uh or vice versa uh our our uh spiritual and religious experiences right so yeah it's all like i love it it's so good i love that star wars gets us to think in these ways yeah um me too and and i think when we have a conversation like this like this is why george wrote the stories that he wrote Mm -hmm. uh uh, not to get us to worry about you know uh the specific again i'm gonna use the word grommets again on on luke skywalker's lightsaber between uh a new hope and return of the Jedi <laughs> or the color of Boba Fett's armor. Right. Like, like that's not, that's not why he was doing it. He wanted us to sit down and talk about like, what is it? What does it mean to do right? What does it mean to be a hero? What does it mean to, to, to stand up against evil? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. I, well, yeah. I I think, I think that does it, right? I think that does it for this episode of metaphysical fiction, but yeah, we will be back next week with for sure with a character from Marvel. You'll just have to wait and see who. Yeah. Next time, not next week. Exactly. Yeah. Next time for our next episode. Thank you. (laughs) I know you and I are both so used to saying next week and it's like on the Thunderquack podcast because now we're on like a bi-weekly thing. And so it's really hard for me at the end. I got to go like next time, next time. Um, And with this one, we're every four weeks. Right. So (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we will, we will be back eventually <laughs> whenever we come back, whether we decide to change the schedule again or not, who cares? Yeah. Uh, you guys are going to get a podcast when you get a podcast. I hope you guys enjoy it. Make sure you're subscribed to the feed uh, and, uh, and, and let us know, let us know what you've been thinking of these episodes. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll, we'll talk to you guys next time. Metaphysical fiction is part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com for more great podcasts or follow us at Thunderquack Pod on Twitter and Thunderquack Podcast on Instagram.